Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. This week's an exciting week. We're going to be talking about two subjects that are super awesome to talk about. First, how do we beat bangers? I'm a banger. I'm going to tell you how to beat me. Secondly, what do you do when someone approaches you to play pickleball and you're just not interested? How about a no thank you? We'll talk about that in the riff. Stay tuned for the podcast. Paddle from a company that you may have never heard of called Diadem Sports. Diadem is new to pickleball, but not to racket sports. It's a long-standing company located in South Florida, and they spent the last two years designing this paddle, and it shows. The Icon offers the best playability, by which I mean combination of power, control, weight, and feel, of any paddle that Jill and I have played with or tested, and we've tested a bunch. If you're looking for a paddle with unsurpassed playability, check out the Icon Paddle at diadempickleball.com. I'll link to that below in the show notes. You can use code VIPICKLE10 at the site for 10% off the paddle. If you want to read more about the Icon Paddle, I'll also link down below to our full paddle review in the show notes. If you try out the paddle, send me an email and let us know how the paddle impacted your game. Good luck out there. All right, let's talk about beating bangers. Everybody's played a banger. Maybe you're a banger. I don't know. I'm a banger sometimes. But, you know, everybody's played bangers. And the question is, how do you beat a banger? Very difficult. And I'm going to tell you, there is only one way for most of us to beat a banger. And that is use your best friend to your advantage when you're facing a banger. Your best friend when you're facing a banger is the out of bounds. The out of bounds specifically at the end of the court. What too many players do is they hit so many balls hit by the banger that the out of bounds never comes into play. And if the out of bounds never comes into play, the banger's gonna win. The only other option is the banger to hit the net, right? But if you're playing a banger that knows how to, you know, whale on the ball pretty good, you're going to have to let the banger's balls go. And the way to think about it is like this. You have two choices. Whenever a banger hits a ball at you, you can choose to engage the shot or not engage with the shot. That's your choice. Banger's gonna do one thing, right? What's a banger gonna do? Banger is gonna bang the ball. That's what bangers do. That's why they're called bangers. So banger's gonna bang. Then your decision, your choice, you don't have a choice on that, right? The banger's gonna bang, you can't influence that. The banger's gonna do what the banger's gonna do, right? That's their, uh, it's kind of like the story of the scorpion and the, and the frog. I'm not gonna bore you with the story, you can Google it if you want, but scorpion says, that's just, you know, that's just my nature, right? Banger's gonna bang. You, however, have a choice. Your agency or your choice that you can make is am I going to hit the ball that the banger banged at me. And that's the, the the problem that pickleball players make too often is they engage the ball. And if you engage balls that are repeatedly banged at you by bangers, all you're doing is telling the banger, please bang more. Please keep banging at me. Why? It's working, right? I'm not getting out of the way of the shots that you're hitting at me, so keep doing it. And we've all been there. We've all been there where somebody just keeps hammering balls at us. I've done it to players in tournaments. Uh, you know, you just keep hammering balls at somebody. If they keep engaging with every single ball that you hit, what are you going to do? You're going to keep on hammering on those shots. And what the banger's looking for, the banger's looking for two things. One, the banger's looking for an error, right? So the banger's going to bang it hard at you, and perhaps you just miss the volley, right? Or you just clip it or hit it out or whatever, hit it into the net. Or the banger's looking for you to pop it up. Those are the outcomes that the banger wants. And when you look at it from your side, right, there's really four outcomes that you can, excuse me, four outcomes that you can generate when you when you uh, facing a banger. One, 
is you can hit a winner, right? That's theoretically possible, right? And, you know, if your name, if Dave Weinbach's listening to the podcast, hello, Dave, good good to see you or good to, good to speak to you. Dave Weinbach can hit a lot of hard shots hit at him. No problem. He just, he actually counter punches him really hard. And it's really hard to drive balls at a player like Dave Weinbach. Um, so if your name is Dave, great. You know, counter punch all day long. Most of us, however, have difficulty uh, hitting winners off of balls that are banked or, you know, driven at as hard. So one option is a winner, but that's going to be pretty rare. Another option is to make an, an outright error. So that's either hitting it long or hitting it into the net. All right. That's another outcome. And that's that can be a pretty common outcome, particularly if you're not really confident with your volleying or not confident, but not really Maybe you haven't volleyed too much in your life, right? You have don't come from tennis or some other racket sport, so you don't. Even racquetball players, they don't. They volley sometimes, but they don't volley too much. Um, so, you know, you, maybe you don't have a, a great volley yet, and so the banger is going to take advantage of that and make a lot, make you make a lot of errors on shots that the banger hits at you. The other option is uh, you can pop it up, right? That's the other outcome that the banger is looking for. And it, it, the problem with the pop up is once the ball's popped up, that ball is going to be slammed downward. Once a ball is slammed downward, then the out-of-bounds isn't as good of a play for you or letting it go, right? So your friend, the out-of-bounds, becomes less available to you uh, when the ball's being hit from up-down, and that's what happens when you pop it up. And then the, the fourth option is a reset. And a reset's a good option, right, where you basically block the ball and you reset it. That's great. But here's the thing. You reset the ball. What comes next? A bang. A drive, right? So you've reset it. That's fantastic. But you're going to have to deal with another bang. And then so the question is, let's assume you could, re, you know, reset well, you know, at a high level um, or at a high rate. Right. So consistently uh, reset. What are you going to reset for the next five minutes as you just get hammered with balls? You know, so at some point you're going to have to make the decision or at some point the, the best decision for you to make is likely going to be I'm not going to engage. Right. Because if I don't engage, then I don't have to worry about those four outcomes. The only outcome that, that, that is relevant once I decide not to engage is, did the ball land in or did the ball land out? And I'm going to give you a clue in a second as to how to decide whether the ball is likely to land in or land out. You'd like to help your friend or family member learn how to play pickleball, but how? Now it's easy. Pick up a copy of Play Pickleball, A Beginner's Guide. It's the most complete guide to playing pickleball. Available as a digital download or in hard copy at intopickle.com or at Amazon. Let's keep growing the sport. All right, so we talked about the four outcomes when you volley the ball. So, you know, when a banger drives a ball at you, uh, then you're going to have to deal with that hard shot, hard hit shot, and you're going to volley it, right? So we've talked about the four outcomes there. Let's talk about the other side. Now, what happens when you let the ball, when you decide not to engage? There's two options, right? You don't, you, you no longer... You know, you're not going to hit the ball, so either the ball is going to be in, in which case you lose, or the ball is going to be out, in which case you win that particular rally. So let's talk a little bit about that decision-making process, and and also I'm going to give you some 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 hopefully some helpful hints or tips on how to deal with balls that will land in, because invariably some balls will land in, and we'll talk about that in a second. So trying to decide whether the ball that's driven at you is more likely to land in versus out. It's really a function of just plain old geometry. So go back to whatever grade you took geometry in, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth, whatever it was, or sixth, whatever it was, and basically uh, think about the size of the court, right? So the court is, on your side of the court, it is 22 feet long, 
So the total court's 44 foot, right? So if you're playing a banger who's hitting the ball from their baseline uh, or behind their baseline, that player has 44 feet within which to hit the ball inside the court. So, you know, and the net's uh, 32 to 34 inches, right, depending on where you're at. So the banger's going to bang the ball, and it has to clear the net, so it has to have a certain trajectory on it. And then from the time it clears the net, it has 22 feet to land inside the baseline, right, inside your baseline. So, you know, a, a shot hit from the opponent's baseline, so a, a ball driven at you from the opponent's baseline, it's probably a shot that you're going to want to hit unless it's hit high. Like if it's hit up at your shoulder or something like that or towards your chest, you might be able to let that go. If the ball is lower, so if the ball is clearing the net around your belly button, belly area, obviously I don't know how tall you are, but, you know, belly area or things like that. Like, you know, it clears the net by, say, like four inches, six inches. You may have to hit that ball. The advantage, though, is that if you're hitting a ball driven by the opponent's baseline, you have 29 feet, right, the 22 feet from your opponent's side plus the seven feet from your MVZ since you're on the outside of the MVZ line. So you have 29 feet, 30 feet call it, to deal with that. So you have 30 feet to to, uh, to react to the ball, to deal with it and things like that. That ball, you're probably gonna want a volley with a nice block volley and then you know, you're gonna basically neutralize the, the attack. The key is the next shot. So the next shot is gonna be hit by the banger Again, what do bangers do, right? You, re- you hit a nice block volley, you dropped it inside, you know, the, the, uh, in the transition zone somewhere or inside near the NVZ. Banger moves forward. Banger only knows how to do one thing, bang the ball. So the, the banger's going to bang again. Now let's look at it, the geometry from there. So you still have the 22 feet behind, you know, on your side of the net, but now you're dealing with a ball that's been, being hit, let's say, like 10 feet from the from the net on the other side so the total there is going to have like 32 34 feet to hit it in now what happens is that ball that that was is being hit hard that's four foot four i'm sorry four inches over the net is more likely to sail out you know it's more likely than it was when they hit it from the baseline so that ball there you may want to let go so that's the ball that then what you do is you say okay i'm going to hit the first one that you hit from the baseline the second one, the one you're hitting from the from inside the the court, right? And also the ball's gonna be low, right, relative to the net, so they have to hit up more on it. I'm probably gonna let that ball go because A, the chances of me doing something positive with that ball, right, on my volley, as we talked about earlier, is lower. And B, the chances of your shot going out, or the, not your shot, but the opponent's shot going out, is gonna be higher. So banger's percentage chance of going out is higher, my chances of dealing with it successfully is lower. And so what I'm going to do there is I'm going to choose not to engage with that ball. And I'm simply going to let it go. And hopefully it flies out. Now let's talk about that for a second. What do I do when I've made the decision to let a ball go? And, which will happen, 100% sure this happen, some balls are going to land in. Right? There's no way to avoid that. What you have to do is you have to analyze it not based on whether the ball landed in or out. That's just that you can't analyze the game that way it'll drive you insane and plus it'll lead to bad decisions the way you have to analyze it is what this how was the decision that i made at the time that i made it did i make a good decision at the time if you made the right decision at the time not in hindsight right but at the time based on the information available to you then you accept the fact that some balls are simply going to land in and some balls are going to land out and you trust the process and that's something that we really talk about inside we are pickleball we talk about process, right? So super important concept. So, you know, process versus results. So if you focus on the process and you say, okay, I'm going to trust that if I let 
the, the if I let balls go, uh, go right, not go out, but just go, or not engage, right, according to a, a set of parameters that is a good set of parameters or a reasonable set of parameters, enough balls are going to land out versus the number of balls that land in. That's going to be a good ratio for me compared to, and this is the part that people always forget about. What about you have to compare it to what happens when you were hitting those balls? So. What you have to do is analyze the the process and the decision made at the time that you made it and not in hindsight. Now, if you're making the decision and just over and over and over and over again, they're all landing in, right? And I say all, don't don't think because one landed in, all landed in. Literally, you have to be objective. So if they're all landing in, then you might have to reevaluate your process and you need to say, okay, maybe my I need to think about my process on maybe the the uh, bangers, you know, not close enough to the net for me to let it go. Maybe the bang- this particular player doesn't hit hard enough, so I still have to deal with them. Uh, so, you know, think about that. But look at the process and don't look at it in hindsight. Because, again, if you get it in hindsight, it's never going to work out well for you. All right, so th- hopefully that helps you diffuse some bangers. Um, hopefully when you're playing against me, you won't remember that because then it diffuses my game. But, uh, yeah, hopefully that helps you out uh, when you're out there playing against the bangers. If you want to hear some thoughts about what to do when you're faced with the, um, you know, the player that you don't particularly want to play with, stay tuned for the riff. Our 2021 VI Pickleball camps held by CJ Johnson and myself in Lake Tahoe, Nevada this September are currently sold out. You can get on the waiting list for those, but we will be holding our 2022 camps in January in lovely Tampa, Florida. It'll be a great time of year to come to Tampa. If you're interested in receiving information about the camps, send us an email at camps at wearepickleball.com. Again, camps with a plural at wearepickleball.com, and we'll make sure you get that information. Let's see if this ever happened to you. You're at the pickleball courts, and someone comes up to you to ask you to play pickleball, and you're like, ooh, in your mind, you're like cringing. You're like, ah, I don't really want to get on the court with this player. And hopefully it's not just because the player is not at your level. Uh, hopefully, you know, you're you're playing with players that are not at your level because, you know, remember, at some point, you weren't at your level either. And there was someone better than you who played with you and got you to your level. So it's not a level of play thing. I'm talking about the kind of thing where, like, it's just a disagreeable person who just ah, just makes you feel bad, you know, makes you feel uncomfortable, whatever. Whatever the reasons are, right? Um, it just It's just not a positive thing for you to be on the court with that player. So the question is what to do, right? Uh, do you just suck it up and go out there and, and play with the player and, and that's life? And you know, as as I've gotten older, I've I've uh, I've gotten I've gotten to where I'm. I, I just won't do it anymore, right? So I've gotten to where if if a player wants to play um, on a court that I'm on, and it's simply a player who has either um, you know just historically been nasty to players, or um, for whatever reason, whatever the reasons are, just a player who just is not conducive to a positive pickleball experience. Then the same thing that we're talking about with out balls, I, I, as you do, have the right not to engage, right? Same thing I would do with an out ball where I say, I'm not going to hit it um, with a pickleball player who is um, just, again, not a positive experience on the court. I think all of us as human beings have the right to simply say no. And the reason I said no, thank you is because obviously, you know, we're, I think we're polite, we're trying to be polite human beings. And so no, thank you is a polite way of saying it. And the key to it as well is, uh, you know, you don't have to explain yourself. So you don't have to say, you know, no, thank you. I, you know, my feet, my foot hurts or something. I mean, you can if it makes you feel more comfortable. But I'm, I'm advocating for just simply saying, 
no thank you in those situations where um, you don't want to play with somebody uh, for you know for uh, what I would consider a good reason, which is where the person either makes you feel bad, um, you know, again is nasty to players, whatever that kind of a, that kind of a player. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, a player like that, uh, I I think should have two choices. One, and hopefully this is what happens, that player um, understands that their behavior is not conducive to the positive experience of other humans that are around them, other pickleball players, and adjusts, right? So that be that's great. If that player adjusts, no problem. And I've had that situation happen where uh, there's been players who uh, I would not play with, and then we had a conversation and we talked about it and we we discussed it, and yeah, fine, now we play, no problem. Uh, you know, so it's not like uh, holding a grudge forever with anybody, uh, but you know, but th- but so you can. That, hopefully, that's what happens. The second option is that the player uh, simply continues along that path, and if that happens, unfortunately, um, you know, I, I'd like to help as much as I can. Uh, other human beings grow and, and improve their their behavior, but if a player simply refuses to do that, then. Um, I, I'm not obligated as neither as I'm not obligated neither as you neither are you to um, to get on the court with that player and have a negative experience when you're out there not to have that kind of experience playing pickleball and you know one other uh, a question that I, that I get asked when I uh, articulate this position is well what do you do in in rec play or open play where you know you have to mix in my view on that is. If a player, and I'm not going to use a name because I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but if, if player X, right, if player X comes onto the court and I don't want to play with them, right, and say you don't want to play with them and the other person doesn't want to play with them, then we would simply concede the court. So we would leave the court, and then if someone else wants to join them, that's up to them. I'm, you know, that's their that's their life to live. Um, I think I was a soap opera, right? But basically, they they have their one life to live, so they want to spend time with this player. That's fine. Fine, you know, no objection here. Um, if nobody wants to play with that player, with player X, then um, start a timer. You know, you, the court's yours, you know, 10 minutes, whatever's average game time in that area. Um, and then if that player wants to serve or think with somebody, you know, whatever they want to do, that's their court. You know, they have a right to the court. We can't deny them the right to the court in that scenario, but we can deny them the right to play with us and to make us miserable potentially. So anyway, so that's, that's the, the riff is uh, no thank you whenever you're in that situation. So that's the podcast for this week. I hope that the uh, Diffuse the Banger ideas help you. If uh, I'll link to a video below that we did on Diffusing the Banger. Uh, hopefully that'll help. Uh, uh, there's all, I'll link to two videos. One of them is a little long. It's basically a clinic that we did. You can get some ideas on how to practice it. Uh, and then the other video is a shorter video where we basically just demonstrate it. Uh, you can check those out. And then uh, remember that when you're out there playing pickleball, you always have agency over your decision-making, whether it's hitting an outball or playing with a crumudgeony player who you don't want to play with. You guys uh, have a good week this week and we'll see you on next week's podcast. Remember, if you like the podcast, share it with your friends. If you liked it, they probably will too. Be well out there.